This is Hard Parking, sponsored by Right Honda and Right Toyota out of Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm your host, Jay Finning. Coming up on today's show, we visit with Matt, the motivator, DeAndrea. We're going to talk about Bravago. He and Goldberg, the wrestler, started together. Also sitting in studio across from me is my friend, Devin Antrim. Hello, everybody. Devin's going to be hanging out while I talk about some of the stuff that I forgot to talk about on the last episode, plus do a little bit of complaining to you guys before we get to this word of four online. Right now, we're drinking on some Elijah Craig. I just picked this up the other day. They do not sponsor this podcast. Actually, nobody liquor-related sponsors the podcast. But as Devin knows, I like to drink. He and I used to have drinks together in Fort Worth. But he picked out this Elijah Craig Toasted Barrel, 94 proof. Hits pretty hard. So what did I miss from Puerto Rico? I don't know how I forgot this, but we did an excursion, the Bioluminescent. They have, I think, three Bioluminescence bays. I don't know if you know, if you ever know what that is. But they're microorganisms that glow when agitated. So you have to go basically in the middle of the night. It's got to be hopefully no full moon. And there's this thing called light pollution. I talked about a little bit on the, on the episodes before in the past. But what happens is when you go on these excursions, when you agitate the water, the water glows, which is pretty freaking cool. The thing about this excursion, though, is my wife signed us up. We go out there. We're on this boat. So they split us up into two groups. And I forgot the actual name right now, but it ended up being the, of the three in Puerto Rico, it's like the worst one because of all the light pollution. So you don't really see, it was still cool, but you don't really see as much. But the thing about the excursion is the guys take us out on these boats and we get in these kayaks. It's a kayak thing. So it's like, Hey, should we bring our cameras? I'm kind of thinking, I don't want to drop my phone because up to this point in the trip, I haven't experimented with my phone in the ocean and I didn't have a strap for it. Nothing else. So I'm thinking if I drop my phone, I'm fucked. My wife's on the kayak with me. She doesn't know what she's doing with the, with the paddles. So there's double duty. So it's worth risking. But the boat captain's like, don't worry about it. We'll take photos. You guys will be fine. All right, cool. They got this. So they load us all in our kayaks. And then they said, all right. And they showed us on a map. This is where you're going. So you have to go down here on the bay, up to the left is these groves. It's a dead end, so you can't get lost. When you guys get done, we'll blow the big whistle, and you guys will come back to us. And we're like, wait a minute. You're not going with us? And I go, no, we're not going with you. So we have all these people going on this excursion, pitch black. We're in the ocean. We're in these kayaks, right? So we're kind of freaking out, but not too bad. Fortunately, my cousins are with us, and two or three of them. I had mentioned one in the last episode. He's, you know, he's from the Navy. He's going to be a frogman, so he knows what he's doing. His brothers know what they're doing, too, so we felt a little better because it's like I've never gone kayaking like that before. I've never fell out of a kayak or jumped out of a kayak. I've just got on from the shore which is easy to get on and off, but when you can't get on, I don't know if you've gone kayaking. Yeah, I've been whitewater rafting a couple times, but never something in that scenario. Right, and you can't night. see what, you're in the ocean. And so I jumped off of it. It was hard as hell to get back on. Mm-hmm. So everyone's looking at me like, there's no way I'm going to do it if Jay can't figure it out. You know, one or two of us jumped off, but the fact that they sent us by ourselves, pitch black, couldn't see shit in the mangroves, my wife starts panicking. Because what we end up doing is we go to the end, we get bored. We didn't hear the, the whistle to come back. So we, you know, everyone grabs the, the kayak next to them. And so with that system, the ones on the outside do the paddling. Everybody in the middle can just chill. So I'm laying back on the thing and I'm holding on to the edge. and I'm listening to people complain about stuff and just kind of chilling, chilling, chilling. I look up every once in a while to see how, you know, if we're getting closer to the boat. At some point, our, our formation breaks apart. And so my arms get wider and wider. And my, I hear my wife, she starts to panic. Right? And I'm like, well, what, what the hell's going on? I look up, and we're going right toward these mangroves. My wife's panicking. She doesn't know what to do. She's pedaling, pedaling, and she starts pedaling towards them faster. So I tell her, just chill. I got this. Just don't 
touch anything, I got this. But the crazy thing about that whole excursion was the fact that they just dropped us off. So when we get back to it, the guy's like, hey, we have this burlap, like, curtain next to this other boat. You guys go underneath it, and you can see all the cool shit. So it seems sus. He was right, though. You get underneath that curtain, you play with the water, it glows. I was doing all this, you know, this raving shit with my hands, you know. And it's, But the, the shitty thing is there was no way to, we don't have any photos of that. The photos the guy took were from the boat. He's like, hey, guys, flash. Flash, so it's, it defeats the whole purpose because you don't want to see the flash; you want to see the water glowing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, next time we go to Puerto Rico, we're gonna do one of the other ones because one of them is supposed to be, I think, the best in the world. And so that's the one that's gonna show up best on social media because when you watch this stuff on social media, it just looks like Adobe After Effects. It looks like edited video. It's that unreal looking, but when you experience it in real life, man, this shit's legit. That's pretty cool. Another thing is. We get a lot of people west and I, we do One Drink Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I'm aware. And people say, hey, man, I watched your podcast. I love your podcast. I watch your podcast. I'm like, oh, great. And they go, yeah, I try to tune in every Wednesday. I'm like, that's not a podcast. That's Instagram Live. Yeah, yeah. Guys, that's not a podcast. It's Instagram Live. You want to support the podcast, Hard Parking with Jay Finning, Shaming Success with Wes Tankersley. Those are the actual podcasts. You can get them anywhere. Oh, yeah. Guest rental car segments. Something I want to complain about a little bit. Yeah. Like I've had... Jamie, the nomadic x-ray tech, on a couple times. Mm-hmm. I've had Lynn on. Lynn doesn't want to come back on. Lynn, I'm calling you out. You won't know this because you never listened to the podcast. Because she says, I don't know that much about cars. I don't want to get on there and make a fool of myself. And anybody who's ever listened to the podcast, the rental car segment, it's made for people who don't know or care about cars. Yeah. Tell me what you like about Tell me what you don't like about it from a normal, everyday person. So podcast listeners, if you're out there, you have a rental car on vacation, Call me. Let's talk about it. I just want to know what you like, you didn't like, because somebody else may be looking at that car as something they want to eventually buy. Exactly. Not everybody's an enthusiast, but there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Do you think I wanted to rent the Kia Carnival that we had in Puerto Rico, the first one or the second one? No, I'd rather have a sports car or a nice SUV, but that's a people mover. My wife's a people pleaser. We had to carry everyone all the time. Mm-hmm. So I got stuck with a minivan that I wouldn't normally have in real life. There you go. And I can tell you the pros and cons of it. It looks great, but for the ones that we had, kind of sucked. Finally, the Q&A segment. I, uh, I posted this on hard parking violations. Should I do the Q&A segment? Because I haven't done it in a long time. But, you know, it's kind of the people, a lot of people comment on that thread that don't even listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. And so I know that. I don't know how I know it. I just, I just know. And the thought is, why would I ask your question? Why would I ask and answer your question on the podcast if you're not even listening to the podcast? It's a waste of my time yeah. and waste of my listeners' time because most of the time it's a question I've already answered. What do you like better, the new NSX or the old NSX? Okay, well, I've had the new one for a year. I've probably answered that six times. But coming up after this word from Foil Online, Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea. Jay Finning here, and I want to tell you guys about Foil Online. For over a decade, Foil Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. They are dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any maker model on the road. The truck products cover everything you need to give your truck a custom look and added functionality. And if you need a tire and wheel package, head over and use the configuration tool. They carry all the major brands of wheels and tires, so we'll get outfitted today. So visit them online at 4 Online or call them at 813-769-2451. Again, that's 4 Online, the number 4 Wheel Online. 
Matt, well, welcome back to uh, Hard Parking. Um, it's been a while. Welcome. Yeah. Hello. Thanks. Thanks for having me back on. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Um, it's been a while. I want to talk a little bit about cars. See, uh, I have a few questions for you um, regarding what you've been doing lately. And of course, obviously, Bravago. I think last time you were on, Bravago was still on its way out yeah. or coming out soon. You know, I've ordered it a few times. I drink it often. It's actually my favorite drink, just as you had, you know, it, it thought it would, would be. Uh, but let's talk about it a little bit. Yeah. So uh, Bravago is um, uh, it's a it's a new beverage company. We have a hard seltzer that uh, I started with um, Bill Colbert, the WWE wrestler. Oh yeah. Uh, I guess retired now. He's just mostly on his ranch in Texas, building out his super garage and. Uh, uh, which has been a, a project for him for a few years, but um, uh, you know, we, we came up with this idea a couple of years ago, and you know, just spent about two years putting the plan together, working on the formulas, and wanted to make something a little bit different. So, you know, you you've tried it, as you said, it's it's more like a fruit punch than it is a yeah. seltzer, right? So it's it's just got more flavor to it, and. Uh, and then just kind of the branding and image for it. it's just it's in regular 12 ounce cans. It's not in the slim can. And and that, the idea was like, you know, the white slim can with the fruit on the label is not really something you imagine Goldberg holding. Right. It's <laughs> so, true. Yeah. so we kind of went with more a conventional looking can on it. Um, but uh, yeah, listen, it, it's it's great. We offer it in a variety six pack. Um, there's three flavors. Uh we just won a number of awards from Seltzer Nation for all three nice. flavors, and the vanilla orange cream won best uh, vanilla seltzer of the year. So it's a number one um, there. So we're working on some uh, some new campaigns and and some new product as well. We're working on a non-alcoholic product. That I'm, <laughs> I'm, it's, it's got to be about. tough just getting into that space. You know, a seltzer space, energy energy drink space, anything that's consumable, it's probably very difficult. So that's, that's a major, it's a major accomplishment just to get to where you're at and, you know, right. Yeah. Thanks. So it's, it's interesting. So the barrier to entry isn't that high, but there certainly is a lot to figure out. And this is the kind of product that you would outsource to various vendors. And you would mm. think that all of these vendors doing it for years and years and years would be pretty good at it. And we found that that's really just not the case. Like mm. we use what's called a co-packer and the co-packer is who's sort of assembles our ingredients with the carbonated water, puts it in the cans and it, it cleans it and puts it in the boxes. We send like the cans, we send the formulas, we send the labels, we send everything. And they kind of assemble it and put it and pack it together. That's what the co-packer sure. does. We've gone through five co-packers in the last like two years since developing this. Like we we just can't get anybody to get it done correctly. And uh, so much time and money has been wasted on these co-packers. I mean, one of them uh, with a new product, we... We probably lost a hundred thousand cans of product. Uh, they they just didn't do it right. Carbonation levels were off. Product was basically flat, and they're sitting on a hundred thousand cans that's been bought and paid for. That's useless. It's all got to just be dumped wow. down the drain. Uh, 
And of course, you're like, who pays for that? Like, what's going on? And not to mention the delay in sales as a new company, we can't really afford to have screw ups like that. So it's uh, that part of it has been has been pretty crazy, pretty difficult. But uh, getting the product right and getting it developed and getting the formula done is not not too bad. You kind of like like building a house or doing graphic design, you do a few rounds, you kind of spec it out of kind of what you want. And in our case, we do three, four rounds of tastings. Do we figure out what, what it is that we want? Um, but the formula was mostly, I mean, it's, it's pretty standard in the industry, but there's a few tweaks to it that, that I asked for specifically before we even started just some thoughts on it. For example, I didn't want to use stevia or erythritol. Right. Stevia has a weird like metallic taste to it and erythritol really, you can't digest it. So it makes you feel bloated. Um, uh, so I wanted to use monk fruit and I know monk fruit has uh, an aftertaste, but I find it to be a little bit of a sweeter aftertaste to it. So it's not really as harsh or as off-putting as, as Stevia uh, would be. Um, and I just think we ended up making a better product because the, the monk fruit is easily digestible. It's a natural fruit, zero calorie uh, sweetener. So um, we kind of went that direction with it, and uh, I think it's I think it's good. By the way, it's a great mixer too. Like if you're if you're into a harder alcohol, you you want to bust out some vodka and that strawberry lemon flavor. You got yourself a nice little cocktail right there. Yeah, and so is that monk fruit when I'm tasting when I first take my my first sip because I only taste it the first time and then I just pretty pretty much chug the rest of it. I look I look down and I only have like this much left in the can. Yeah. So the other thing is is um, uh, we didn't go overly uh, carbonated. We went lighter right. on the carbonation and it it just makes it easier to to drink. And yeah, it's totally crushable. Like all the flavors, you could just you realize you're just you you think you're just drinking like a fruit punch and then after two or three into it you're like oh that's got alcohol in it and like yeah yeah it does so it's a little bit of the monk fruit um and we've just turned up the flavors uh, a little bit so we 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 basically tasted every hard seltzer on the market and just came back with going I get it. It's kind of light on flavor. It's just like a slightly flavored water, which is fine. If or it's you too want sweet. Like, yeah. Or you just fine if you just want like LaCroix or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then we wanted our hard seltzer to to just have a little bit kick. So the the brand Bravago is Bravago Bold Seltzer. And under that bold seltzer banner, we'll have our hard seltzer and uh, another product uh, that'll come out hopefully later this summer um so the bolder flavors the 5.1 percent alcohol just all sort of fit under that theme of what we were going for just being a little bit bolder what kind of feedback have you got do you guys get any, any feedback other than maybe like private groups or yeah so we do um uh, some people reach out to us on social media they write reviews on the website we get quite a few dms um uh some some emails directly to us uh, uh, we've done some tasting events. Um, it's interesting at the tasting events, most people go by and they're like, oh, I don't really like carbonated drinks. Or I really don't like seltzers. And I go, oh, well, that's great because we're low carbonation. This doesn't taste like a seltzer. And then they try it like, oh, wow, that, that is, that is pretty good. Um, so we've been pretty happy with that. Listen, some people, uh, it's, it's tough to nail, flavors across the board right sure so there's just no way to do it like some people love pizza some people don't 
right? Some people love, you know, a grape flavor or something. Like I, I think, for example, peaches, I I eating a peach is fine. Almost anything peach flavored, I think it's tough to nail peach flavor, like peach snapple, peach, uh, you know, energy drinks. Like I just I just find that tough to to hit correctly. Um, and it's not that I don't like peaches. I just right. think creating that flavor uh, is tough to do. So for me, I, I don't normally order some peach flavored tea, iced tea, peach flavored iced tea. It just doesn't really work for me. So uh, it's tough to kind of nail flavors for everyone. So what we have found is um, people that have tried Bravago, uh seem to like it. And not everyone's going to like all the flavors, but we've been getting a lot of feedback where people are still buying the variety pack because they they're they're cool with it and they're cool with all the flavors. And across the board in our industry, the variety packs still sell the best of almost any RTD, which is a a can drink ready to drink. Is so can uh, you is can you order like just the flavors by themselves, or is everything so, still so right? not yet? So um. Uh, our, our first production run, which which you have, we just built variety six packs. Now, if we start getting some demand uh, for individual flavors, which honestly we haven't yet, nobody's really asked for the individual flavors yet. They're still trying the the, the variety six mm-hmm. packs. Then we'll do the individual flavors, but probably just online on our website. So you can order on our website. We ship to 38 states. And then we'll we'll probably come up with a way to just do it, individual flavors for that. But as far as like retail stores, as we grow that out, um, it's more complicated for stores to, to grab multiple SKUs, in this case, multiple products. So they just kind of want the one variety six-pack. Or if we have a second variety six-pack with different flavors, they kind of want that. They don't want six products that they have to order right they just want one or two products and you fight for Mm. shelf space or you fight for the cold box if you're in convenience stores or some grocery stores and you're uh, i mean you could store it room temperature you can buy it that way like like a lot of drinks but if you want it cold and it's in the cold box you got to think about that have you ever been to a grocery store or a convenience store and there was empty shelves in the cold box it's very rare that there's empty shelves there's rows upon rows upon rows Right, which means yeah. if you want that space, somebody else needs to get kicked out, or somebody mm. else, somebody else's product needs to be reduced, uh, yeah. or you stock half as much of something. So um, it's always tough to fight for for that space. So that's where the variety six pack comes in because it's it's it makes a lot of sense. Year. I have my favorite flavor. I think yeah. I, I've told you that before, but I'm thinking about some of the other seltzers and, and things out there and they're all coming varieties. It's it's rare that you yeah. get one of the flavors. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah. And, and, and oftentimes people just try to mix it up and they do the different flavors, um, especially if you're new to the product and you want to try it. And then, uh, you know, I've heard from people and I have some friends that like two of the three flavors and they're, they're just hanging out with friends or giving it to spouses or whatever. And they're like, what do you think of this flavor? And it, it, it turns out when you're, when it's more than one person, chances are somebody likes all three flavors, you know? Or, I mean, they're all good. Like I don't, you know, I, I pick through, they're all gone. There's nothing's left. You know, I drink yeah. the last can and I order, I wait till I'm almost at the last can and I order. So, I mean, they're, they're really good. Well, I'm glad you like it. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I see the orders coming in, so that, I, that always makes me happy when somebody repeat orders. 
The, it just means I like it. It's kind of what the, we're going the flavor for. profile of them. It's unique. No one else is doing that as well. So good job on that. But I, I look at it and I'm like, is there a like a cherry limeade or a, a key lime pie or something? And I don't even lime is one of those things too. I actually like lime flavored stuff, but I don't really like limes. So kind of opposite of the peach stuff. Yeah, I'm not okay. asking for a cherry limeade or a, or a key lime pie. But when I look at the flavors that you have, it seems like that would something like that would be like the next progression. But if there's no need to change it right now, then, you know, maybe storyboard that for phase three or phase four. Feel free to crack those cans open in an experiment with flavors. Add some lime to something. See how you like it. Let me know. Then we'll 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 try it out. I'll be your mixologist. Yeah. Why not? I, I, we're working on a, a. Listen, the other day I was just, uh, it was getting warm outside, and I was like, I'm gonna drink a bravago. I was like, but I want ice cream, so I grabbed that vanilla orange cream. Yeah. I threw two scoops of uh, vanilla ice cream in my glass, poured it in there, and made a nice adult boozy vanilla orange cream ice Whoa. cream float. Oh, that sounds fantastic. I'm going to do that right now. It was now, fantastic. Actually. It was great. I loved it. It was great. It had a little bit of that vanilla orange in it, which was perfect. Uh, and and the ice cream was totally on point. So I, I tried that and uh, I liked it. So now we're um, we're probably going to put together. I mean, the recipe is very easy, but we'll we'll probably put something together on social media and and, and promote You could that do it like adult well. ice cream pops. Remember the ice cream pops when we were kids? Yeah. And- Really, it wasn't really ice cream in the middle. I don't know what that was, but we thought it was ice cream, so it tasted good. I could, yeah. So it, I, I like, I like cream soda, and I liked the creamsicle ice cream pop, like with the yeah. vanilla ice cream and the orange like shell. And I don't know what it's made out of back then, right? But, but the creamsicle was popular, and I just wanted a little bit of that nostalgia when I came up with the vanilla orange cream one, uh, and it seems to be doing pretty well. That's nice. Hey, I actually have those right here. I have all I three them. flavors. So let's let's put this up to the camera. Where's the, where's the camera? There it is. So, so we got the, there you go. That's yeah, the flow. That's sweet Freak. That's the vanilla orange freak, uh, the yep. vanilla orange cream. And, and got, Chill Out is the Rainier Cherry. This one was is interesting because Black Cherry is the most popular flavor out there between Truly and White Claw and everything. And I was like, but the Rainier Cherry from Mount Rainier, Washington, which is only in season a couple of months a year. And right now it is. I was like, the Rainier cherry to me is so much better. So I went after that profile and we created a Rainier cherry. Well, well done. And then the third flavor, and I think this is actually my favorite. Although again, I like all three of them. So this one's called Sucker Punch. It's the strawberry lemon. Yeah, I wanted a go-to lemonade. I wanted sort of our spin on the lemonade and the... the uh, the strawberry lemon is it's the most crushable for sure like and it's the most it's it's the broadest one right because so many people like lemonade and we just kind of wanted our spin on on a lemonade well it's crazy because lemon's another one of those things you know you like one portion of it but lemon flavored stuff usually doesn't fare too well and when it comes to some of the lemon seltzers i can't drink any of them like I have a really bad reaction to every single one of them. This thing, I, just like you said, I could crush. I could crush all three of these. I could probably crush them right now. Well, yeah, <laughs> feel free, do whatever you want. <laughs> it's your show. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, yeah, you know, go ahead and uh, let's crack one of those right now. There you go, guys. Yeah, he's on. got there the sucker go. punch, the strawberry lemon. That's right. Drink Bravago. Mm. 
Well, it's like not gonna crush it all degrees the way. out there. So yeah, yeah. So after this podcast, I gotta. I'm heading out to Vegas for. Uh, speaking of cars, for a Ford event, I am driving the Bronco Raptor at the Ford Off Rodeo. That's which awesome. is like their off road experience, which. Uh, I got a I got a sample of it uh, last year, um, but now I get to go and spend a, a day out there with them. So I'm just literally flying out, uh, checking in in the hotel tomorrow morning, like bright and early, seven a.m. We're going off roading in the trucks for a few hours, and then I just fly right back home. Sounds like a terrible, terrible event. <laughs> it sounds great. <laughs> uh, and next week, I. Uh, the end of next week, I'm going out with Ford again, but here locally in LA, we're going to Irwindale Speedway and I'm doing a day in the new 24 Mustang EcoBoost. Mm-hmm. And then the next day I go back and uh, hit the track with the uh, new Mustang GT. How's the, uh, how's your lightning? Lightning's good. So I have a, a 22 uh, lightning electric truck, which um, I think is is great. It's uh, it's it's pretty much my favorite car to drive, but but it's basically it's basically a really nice F one fifty. I got an F one fifty Lightning, so it's like a really nice truck with comfortable seats and all great great features. And the fact that it's electric just means it's quiet and fast, right? But aside from that, it's no different than a regular F one fifty. It's not, uh, you know, it's got normal gauges in front of you and a normal shifter, and it doesn't have some of the more kind of futuristic features that pure play EVs have. This was a, a truck that they put electric motors in. So, you know, it's, and they, they've mastered the F-150, right? So it seems pretty good. The thing holds ass. It's like zero to 60 in four seconds. So that's um, fast. I mean, F-150s have always been, well, not always, but they're, they're really nice. I think they're really nice trucks. So let's throw an electric motor in and there you yeah. go. You know, I I drive a lot of different cars, a lot of EVs, and um, and, and look, I I haven't really found anything that gets me quite the range that is advertised. My truck is advertised at three hundred. I don't think anybody's getting three hundred. I probably get about two hundred sixty-five. Now, I don't know the exact testing conditions, but there's a couple things like how much you use the air conditioner. Um, uh, that is a factor, and I don't know how often they use it when they're testing. Um, and then the one-pedal driving. And if you've driven EVs and you've tried this, the one-pedal driving is you're hitting the accelerator, and then when you let off the accelerator, it applies the brakes for you, right? And it It's like it, engine braking, right? Yeah, it's, it's like, like engine braking with the electric motor. And you yeah. get more recharge happening with that. Now, I don't like it. I like to let off the, the accelerator and coast, you know, to a stoplight or whatever. I just think it's far more comfortable. Um, some people love the one-touch driving. I think if you are the driver, you can get used to the one-pedal driving. If you are a passenger, especially if you're in the in an Uber, like if you're in the back of a model Tesla 3 and they have the one-pedal driving on, I think it's wildly uncomfortable. You're just jerking forward and back, forward right. and back. So I turn that feature off and make it drive as much like a normal vehicle as possible now does that take away some of the auto regen some of the the charging at each stoplight i don't know maybe it does i don't think it's enough to make a difference but maybe it does cut a few miles off my total range uh but it's just more comfortable that way so 
I got about 265 miles of range somewhere around there with, with the truck, but yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I've had that before I had the, the Tesla for a weekend and I noticed it was, it was weird. I, I also turned it off after about a day. Yeah. It's just, we're just not used to our whole lives, right? Our whole lives before we could drive since we've been dri- driving. It's just, it, you're just not used to it. It feels like a, a carnival ride or something. It kind of does. It just, it, there's too much like you leaning forward because you're, you know, it's just like you let off the accelerator and in your head, you're like, why is the car hitting the brakes? I, I, it just, it's a weird feeling for me. I, I guess you can kind of get used to it and figure yeah. out a way to modulate a little bit to make it smoother, but it's just easier for me to turn that feature off. But, uh, but driving a lot of EVs recently, uh, Genesis is fantastic. Audi's fantastic. I'm just uh, returning now the Audi Q8 e-tron. It's a great size SUV. Um, it's, it's quick, but not as quick as I thought Audi would be. It's somewhere in the mid to low five second range when so many EVs are quicker than that. And right. with Audi having some really good performance variants in their lineup, right? RS6, Avant, and uh, uh, you know pretty much any of their RS or S branded vehicles. So I was expecting a little more from Audi, but it works great and it's it's nice. I just wanted something a little bit sportier. Um, uh, spent some time in uh, recently the Volvo uh, S60 recharge. So it's a plug-in hybrid. So I got about 40 miles of range on the battery. And then the gas engine, of course, uh, jumps in. And that that's quick. And that, that was nice car. Uh, Volvo is like... They're nice. Just underrated as far as attention. Like we should be spending yeah. more attention to Volvo. They make some really nice, and the yeah. design is on point. Like their SUVs and their sedans. S60 is great. S90 is great. The XC90 SUV, they're sharp looking. Those are nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to want uh, an Audi really bad recently. And I, and I had an S90, I think it was in 2019 when I was in California for a week and I was like, is it time to buy an S90? Cause the, yeah. it looked great, but the technology was just blowing me away. Yeah. They did it. They did a great job on that vehicle. So, um, but you know, how do you like your infinity? Now you, I know we've touched on your NSX, uh, which is fantastic, right? I love that car. And my I'm sure you do as about, well. My only don't... complaint about that NSX is for a hybrid you know, it's yeah. got the quiet mode and you could sneak into the house, but you can't sneak out of the house because it doesn't allow you to cold start an EV. And so that's kind of a weird thing, you know? Hmm. Interesting. It can't, you can't program it to, no, to quiet start like yeah, certain the hours engine, a day. The, yeah. The engine has to already have been heated up at some point recently, and then you could start it in, in silent mode. So I can come home from the grocery store, use the restroom, leave, and I can leave silent and I could pull in silent. But in the morning for cars and coffee, you know, I, I, I yeah. hit the, the the start button without my foot on the on the brake, click it all the way over to quiet and start. And you can hear it start up. It's not as loud, but it's still loud enough to wake my wife up who's sleeping right up right above the garage. Yeah, so that's it's a it's a silly complaint. But at the same time, it's a silly miss. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. This yeah. uh, behind me on the camera is the 2021 Mustang Mach 1. And the Mustang's like, you know, there's no EV mode, but it does have the active valve in the exhaust. And I can set it to start. Like if I start the car within certain hours of the morning, I can have it start with the valves closed nice. and be, be in a quiet mode. 
Nice. Right? I never do that though. <laughs> the um <laughs> when my, I'm up, my, everyone's up. <laughs> my 5.0, my my infinity, I it's my project cards. I have a lot of fun with it. You know, I'm way behind yeah. on YouTube videos, and that's you know why I bought the supercomputer to help me crunch those a lot quicker. Uh, but those are the videos people want to watch. You know, they don't care about the user car videos, uh, the rental car videos, stuff like that. Like statistically, they like to see those videos. So I need to, you know what? I haven't done one video on the NSX yet or my wife's MDX. So it's, <laughs> yeah. So it's all infinity. Uh, I, we spoke before, like you just got the car and we spoke and then uh, you've had it for, for several months now. You put the new wheels on it. Um, explain to me the flat or the, the damaged rim or what happened. Like what, cause it seemed like it was, it was brand spanking new and I don't know, you curbed a wheel or something on it or, or yeah, right as I hit tire. 500 miles, I hit some sort of a, a crazy pothole or something and it damaged the wheel and I didn't have wheel protection on there. Of course, you know, they didn't offer it and I didn't think about it. And like, that's the first new car, Matt, that I bought since 1999. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not used to this whole, this whole cycle. Uh, but I ended up getting it replaced and I got it fixed and the wheels are hanging up on the wall in the garage. And I just went with the white wheels, bought them off of uh, another NSX owner. And I just like that kind of that classic look. And it's yeah. kind of funny to say, but I didn't want to look like every other NSX on the road. Not that there's a lot of them. So, yeah, I don't think your cars in the past have really fallen into the cookie cutter. Everybody this is the right. same kind of <laughs> look. I mean, just look at the NSX behind you on the wall. I right? know. And, well, the wraps and stuff that you've done in the past have been pretty, pretty wild. It's, it's been funny because people say, oh, man, I saw a car. Were you on some so-and-so and at, at 15th and 30th the other day? I'm like, no, I saw a car look just like yours. I'm like, no, you didn't. You didn't see a car look just like mine. How dare you? You know, so it's. <laughs> yeah. I listen, know, I got that the other day. Someone goes, hey, were you just were you in your Mach 1 on so-and-so road? And I was like, no. And they go, I could have swear it's the one with the hood scoop. I was like, well. You know, we're trying to sell the hood, right? So Anderson Composites is trying to sell the hood that we promoted on this vehicle. So it's nice to hear that maybe somebody else out there has a, a Mach One like mine with a similar hood. Yeah, it's a it's a car a car person thing, right? Like people who yeah. aren't into it don't get it, but you, you try to do just a little bit to try to separate yourself. But um, yeah, the cars are doing good. You going to Monterey? Yeah, so I was just uh, I was just at dinner um, a couple of days ago with Adam Carolla. We were talking about it, and I don't think he's going to be racing a car up there. But well, mm. we were just talking about going and being able to maybe hit up some of the other events that we don't normally get to go to because of his racing schedule. We can, uh, you know, we can go to the Concorso Italiano. We can go to Exotics on Broadway now, which was Exotics on Cannery Road, but now it's Broadway. Um, so if we want to do a few of those things, so we might just go up and and uh, have a little vacation and and not do any racing this year. He's just that would be just, good. His cars haven't really been been prepped, and he's been moving warehouses and stuff. So yeah, that was the chat we just had the other day, and I was like, let's do it. When You're was the last time you guys went where he wasn't racing? I can't remember. I mean, I right. think it's it's been like a decade straight. So yeah, that's a chunk as of long the day. as I can remember. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we try to 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 plan a, around it. He's got a handful of of racing cars that he likes to bring up there, and oftentimes we would choose the car a little bit based off of the schedule. Like, if we want to go to the Quail, then we look at the run groups for Friday morning and go, well, yeah. 
you don't want to be in those run groups. So maybe pick a different car that has a different run group, which is, I guess, a, a, a luxury that you get if you have multiple race cars. <laughs> well, man, yeah. thanks for taking the time, dude. Oh, thanks so much for having me and enjoy the drink. Um, I, I appreciate it. You know, it's a new company and, uh, I, I've always said the best way to kind of support your friends is to, uh, to just, um, you know, to, to buy their products and listen to their podcast and, and download their goods and, and, 100%, and, and I appreciate yeah. it. So as long as you guys keep selling it, I'm going to keep buying it. Um, Thanks so much. Uh, Drink Bravago is the uh, is the website. You guys can buy it there. We ship it to thirty eight states. So, yeah. Thanks, man. So I'll thanks, see man. you up in uh in Monterey, right? I don't think I'm gonna go. Yeah, you said that last time, and you showed I up say it every time. party. Yeah. So, but as of right now, I don't think I'm gonna go. So we'll see. You got to just go up for the Thursday night event, right? No, I did like that once, and you get you and Adam made fun of me. <laughs> for for not going to other things yeah for not going was, to the track my the next fault. day or anything yeah yeah she uh, like we we had a family trip that she had booked and i go i'm not gonna miss monterey i'm even if i go for one night so yeah i i think it's uh i think it's good hopefully we see you there all right buddy thanks man i appreciate it we'll talk soon later back with devin devin uh you had some comments about um the rental cars Yes, sir. I'm a frequent winner, renter in the uh, business world, you know, traveling sales rep and all. So I spend uh, almost a weekly basis at my local national rental car counter at Mesa Gateway Airport. National. I'm a national guy. You get the executive. Oh, yeah. Executive. I'm trying to get my way to executive elite. That's that's the goal for the calendar year. So we'll see. Uh, I'm pretty close. Get, just cruising, cruising that direction. So. But you were saying during the break or during the interview that if uh, you if you have some certain person's working, you kind of get the hookup anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shout out to my girl. She hooks it up. And anytime I roll up there, you know, reserve something like an intermediate or full-size car, she's sticking me in something nice because uh, she kind of gathered from getting to know me and chit-chatting with me at the counter that, hey, I like tacos and I like nice cars. So she'll stick me in some pretty cool stuff. Uh, and two weeks ago, I had an Audi S4. Oh, um, man. That's you know, nice. Pretty sweet. A little bit better than your uh, run-of-the-mill Nissan Altima. What's been your favorite car that you've been hooked up with? Uh, this year, I think my top's probably, yeah, this is actually in Albuquerque at the Air Albuquerque airport, mm-hmm. but I got uh, hooked up with a BMW X5 SUV. Uh, plug-in hybrid, which was new to me, never driven a vehicle like that, but um, it was in the Emerald Isle, you know, kind of lucked out of course, on that. yeah. Walked up and uh, had less than like 5,000 miles on it. Gorgeous white on like a like a I don't know caramel interior mm-hmm. in that car mm-hmm. drove like a dream. Pretty sweet. I didn't get to try out the true uh, plug-in hybrid capability, unfortunately, but nonetheless, it was a good drive for uh, for a good five days of of business. Dude, it doesn't matter. Um, I would say one of my favorite rentals was also a BMW. Sometimes national, depending on where where you're at. I don't know if they do this on purpose or the people who park the cars just don't know anything, mm-hmm. but they'll park a car that you're supposed to pay extra for yep. in like the regular aisle. Exactly. And yeah. those that know, no. In fact, you may have noticed, witnessed this. You get off the airplane, people are running. Oh, yeah. They are basically running to those rental cars. Yeah. So if, they can pick If there's them. a shuttle involved, you're, you're taking an elbow to the chest before you 100%. board that thing. Yeah. So. <laughs> people they just, because they want to run and, and, and get something really cool. Yeah. You know, it's it's lucky when you look up and it's like a family because you're like, oh, thank God, you're gonna get that Kia Carnival piece of shit. Exactly. Yeah, the the Chrysler Pacifica, uh, that that kind of stuff. Hey, I 
I actually like the Chrysler Pacificas. I, I wouldn't. I would never buy one. I was going to say, don't sleep on those. Those are actually, if you if you need a family hauler and a rental vehicle, those are pretty solid. I, I I've never driven a Carnival, but I would take a Pacifica over a Carnival any day of the week. Yeah, the Carnival that I had didn't it didn't have any power, so everything was manual. So just adjusting the rear seat for the third row so people can get in was a pain in the ass every single time. In yeah. fact, we had we were there in Puerto Rico for ten days, and it's by day seven or eight is when we finally got down the process of how of how to lower the second row seat so that the people can get in the third row mm-hmm. and then lock it into place. Because if you don't lock in the place, that thing is sliding and clanking every time you come to a stoplight. It's a loud thud. So first off, uh, thanks for wearing that your your one auto shirt, man. You know I'm gonna have to hook you up before you leave. I got plenty of them in the in the closet here. Yeah, there we go. Now we'll roll through my closet on the way up here after changing from work, and I was like, hey, might as well join on, uh, throw on the swag, and that's right, rock uh, one auto. That's the uh, the one auto. I think 2020 or 2021 shirt with the the EST 2016. So the newer one is very similar to that. Logo is a little bigger, and it has an actual word one auto underneath it. I'm wearing my hard parking shirt, of course, which you guys can get from hardparkingpod.com from the swag store. But Batesville, tell us about Batesville. So Batesville, we're a, a funeral merchandise company. Uh, we've been in, in funeral merchandise manufacturing since the 1880s. So long company history. Uh, we were purchased by a family in the early 1900s out of bankruptcy, and then Fast forward about 70 years from that, in 1974, I believe, uh, we became a publicly traded entity under the corporate uh, umbrella of Hillenbrand Industries, which was the namesake of the family that bought us out of bankruptcy. So uh, we were, we've been in business, been, like I said, manufacturing caskets has been our mainstay as far as what we <laughs> produce. Uh, we also produce consumer goods like urns, um, keepsakes, and that kind of stuff for funeral homes. So I work directly business to business with funeral homes, funeral directors, and uh, essentially my job is to not just sell stuff, show up at the door, but to train them on, I mean, educating families on what their options are. I have a question. Yeah. Do you know Johnson Consulting? I sure do. Yeah. (laughs) I know Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson. Yeah. He's in the car world. Shout out to Jake Johnson. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Got a heck of a car collection. Never seen it, but uh, caught some pics. And uh, I'm pretty impressed at both his JDM stuff and uh, his Mustangs. I know he's a big Mustang guy. Yeah, he's got he he's basically that kid around. I don't remember how old you are, but I think you're a little a little younger than I am. So I'll just say around our age, you don't feel left out. That grew up, had some success, made some money, and kept it real. Yeah. We have a couple of those guys actually in the area. Um, Jordan is another guy, little baller GTR. Shout out to to Jordan. He's a, he's the same. Buys all the cool shit, but. Uh, so, what did you drive over here today? Uh, I, I drove up here in my 2000 Lincoln Town Car six-door limousine. <laughs> I wonder. So, my daughter walked in while we were recording. I wonder if she's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, hanging out in front of the house, uh, posted up with the with the 5% limo tent. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure she's thinking what's what's going on, especially with the one auto sticker I still have on the back window. Of that My day. man, you've had that thing on there for a while. That's legit because there's a lot of people in the one auto community that just the sticker just disappears from their cars. Yeah, yeah. And funny. I try not to care or notice, but I care every time or I notice every time. There you go. Funny enough, uh, when when I first moved back to Arizona back in 21, I uh, had that car sitting out front of my parents' house. And a guy who drove, a, I think it was a 2019 Camaro SS, saw the one auto decal and then somehow tracked me down on Instagram. And slid into the DM, said, hey, man, saw the car. That's pretty rad. You know, talked to him. He ended up working for the home builder. 
Um, so we had a good chit chat over some car stuff and yeah. That's awesome, man. Let's get into some car news. So here's one for, for the diehard car people. We're pulling up on our phones here. The production version of the Koenigsegg Gamera is here. If you care about that stuff. I used to really care about that stuff growing up, but I found that, I don't know, for whatever reason, and it's not because I'm old, because there's older people with a shit ton more money than I do, than I have, that are still into it. But I just, for me, I haven't really cared so much about the hypercars. I think they look cool, but I couldn't tell you three things about them. What is your thought about about this? You know, I mean, for me personally, I mean, I'm a big car guy, as you well know. Uh, hypercars for me these days just, they don't give me the same energy as they once did, you know, in my right. teenage years, uh, the days of, you know, Lamborghini, you know, the Murcielago, the Gallardo, all those cars growing up, you know, in my teen years, those were cool things, cool stuff to see. I mean, all over TV, uh, these days, I mean, I'm, I'm into more, I mean, still old school muscle, like always, but I mean, even just nineties, early two thousands JDM cars, uh, gets me more excited than kind of stuff like this. But do you think it's because, and I think I've talked about this before, are we spoiled? Because where we live, you know, we're in Phoenix mm -hmm. slash Scottsdale slash, you know, Chandler, Gilbert. There's money everywhere around here. And we can go to Cars and Coffee, Highline Autos. And, mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen a Kona Seg there. Yeah, exactly. You know, and maybe that's it. Because when I first moved here, it's like, oh, wow, look, that Porsche. Oh, the Ferrari. Yeah. I'll never forget, you know, getting excited to see a Bentley Continental rolling down the street in Scottsdale. Things so like maybe that. we're just kind of, we're just so used to it. But yeah. I just, because there's there's times where I, I talk to people at Cars and Coffee or, or, or 404 and they're like, hey, did you go to Penske and see the release of the whatever? I'm like, I don't even know what that is. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, are you kidding me? There's like two of them in the world and they're right here. I'm like, cool. Cool. I have no idea and, and I don't care, but it's super cool. One thing about Koenigsegg though is they created that little motor. Did you see that? I did not see that, no. So they have a, and it's not in this article, I don't think, but they produced this tiny electric motor and you guys can feel free to chime in in the comments on what that is. I don't remember. It came out maybe last year where they had talked about it, but the little tiny motor, I think produces like four or 500 horsepower. And it's like this big. Huh. So it's what I'm, it's just probably seven or eight inch in diameter is what I'm holding up. And supposedly they're going to have two or three of them in the next one. And I think they reference it here in this, in this, uh, in this article. It says, let's see, taken from the Jesco, which when paired with the hybrid motors will produce 2,300 horsepower on E85, resulting in power-to-weight ratio of blah, 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 blah. This $400,000 option, okay, $400,000 option allows customers to enjoy the nine-speed light speed, the nine-speed light speed transmission and the V8 noise on their daily commutes on the grocery runs. This inline 3.6 is still available for those who don't splurge for the V8. So this is an inline six and the V8, if you want it, is an extra 400,000. So that's kind of a similar setup to like, almost like your NSX, right? Because that's a hybrid powertrain on that vehicle, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. There's no $400,000 options on the NSX, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. Uh, Tesla is offering, this is something that just came out. Tes Tesla is offering to pay 18 to $48 an hour to drive its EVs this summer. Applicants must have a clean driving record, safe driving habits, habits, and four years of experience. So four years of driving? So no 18-year-olds when I'm listening? That's what it sounds like. Tesla is offering to pay people to drive its EVs this summer. Tesla posted a, a series of job openings for seasonal test drivers. The company is willing to pay between 18 to 48, which we just covered. Uh, Tesla uses some of, some of its test drivers to improve its self-driving features. 
I wonder how many people are applying for this. I'd be curious too. $18 an hour isn't bad as a side job. No. You can't live off of it. $48 an hour is crazy, including benefits. Like I would, not that I have any extra time, but I would seriously, I wonder how many people are doing Uber that are ready to quit and just drive Teslas. That's kind of where my mind went was these folks that are already kind of doing this kind of same scenario with Uber. Right. Would uh, be a natural progression to move into something like this. Because I know Uber pays really well for people who do it full time. Yeah. And they have benefits and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know, guys, what do you guys think about this? Would you be down to drive a Tesla for 18 to $48 an hour? I would drive anything if, it, if I can just do it in my own time. Maybe not a Kia Carnival, but. If they if they wanted a tester for that, I, I think I would do <laughs> for forty eight dollars. Yeah, I would do it for forty eight dollars an hour for sure. That's fair. That's a hell of a summer job. <laughs> and finally, Infinity introduces a new three D logo, and this was actually announced a few weeks ago. This is the fourth logo redesign in Infinity's thirty four year history. It's time to focus more on the Infinite Road concept. Can you make out the changes? So this is this this article is on Car and Driver, but it's been posted in multiple places, and it's got the like, how would you describe that that image? I mean, it definitely is more three dimensional than uh, their current logo, and now, you know, now talking about the infinite road point of view, that you can kind of see that more so with this logo than their their previous iteration. So it's like the 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 triangle. It's like the triangle in the middle. Mm-hmm. Like they took the tip of it and they pinched it and they peeled it back. Yeah. So it looks like it's kind of leaning back. I don't understand it's not like it's a dramatic change and at the bottom you can see all four logos yeah. and i guess it's the one in the bottom right right i'm assuming or that one might be that might it's either the top left or the bottom right either starts with that or ends with that it's hard, hard to tell what order this is i feel like top right's definitely kind of like your more modern the previous gen to this and then some of these other ones look more like something from the early 2000s or the or even the 90s yeah, my 2009. Okay, so if you keep scrolling down, and the link will be in the description of this episode if you guys look at you keep scrolling down in the black box, it looks kind of like the current one, but it looks like there's a little... Is it just my eyes are fucking with me here? It looks like it's not it, connected there. Okay, yeah, it so be, it's not my what eyes. I'm seeing. Yeah, it looks like it's not connected. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why they're redesigning it. What they need to do is put... You know, a monstrous engine back in their cars. I have the 5.0 liter V8 sitting outside. Yeah. And um, Affinity's made, I think Affinity's made some cool cars. Absolutely, yeah. But from an SUV standpoint, um, they need to to refocus on displacement instead of doing that, what is it, is it the CZ, what's, what's CVT? that? CVT. CVT. Yeah, yeah, that trash yeah, that, transmission. That trash that, transmission, yeah. you know, and they have something else that's like DCCVT or something that's even different now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's where they re- need to redirect their focus. The, the vehicles look nice. Yeah. Yeah, the styling's nice. I mean, I do like the styling on Infinities. The thing where they kind of lose me personally is I feel like the technology in them is kind of dated and antiquated. What's the last Infinity you sat in? Oh, man. You're not the first person that said that. You know, it's been it's been a while. I worked at a car dealership in college, so CarMax spent a lot of time in a lot of Infinities, and this was like 2011 to 2014. So the problem with Infinity is during that time, they kept the same technology. Mm-hmm. In fact, my 2009 Infinity sitting outside looks almost visually identical from the interior and exterior, obviously, but even going up to 2017 with the mm-hmm. QX70. Yeah. Everything looks the same. The guts are a little different. The camera's a little better, I think. You know, now it has Bluetooth and 
whatever, whereas mine just was missing one of those things. I think mine has Bluetooth phone, but not Bluetooth audio. Yeah. And, you know, I think they brought that in like 2010 or 11. But I was in a 2020 a couple of years ago, or maybe a 21 QX50. And I thought that thing was incredible. And then we almost got a QX60 before we got the MDX. Yeah. And to me, the technology was way better than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. But even then, I've heard people that have been in newer cars say that, you know, it's a little lacking. But when you're coming from what we came from, my wife had a 2011 Audi A4. And, you know, Audi is like the last car company to actually get their shit together. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, I've had nothing but old Infinities. And I had that old-ass Acura, that 97, you know, behind me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a lot of technology in that either from a uh, from an audio standpoint. So, Yeah. Yeah. I've sat in, I think, what is it, the uh, – and again, what's what's kind of confusing for me the nomenclature for Infinity they've changed all that a lot in my in my years in my car dealership years. But Makes uh, no what sense. It, we used to be the QX fifty six, yeah, uh, the Armada uh, yep. Infinity equivalent. But that's probably the last Infinity I've ever sat in in recent time, and was kind of like, eh. I mean, for the price tag, I don't know if I'd spend that on an SUV like that. Well, case in point, the QX seventy is exactly the same as my FX thirty five thirty seven. 50. It's the exact same car. They just changed it. It's the exact same car. Mm-hmm. It's not a corporate cousin. It's the same manufacturer, just a different name. <laughs> Devin, how can people stalk you online? Well, I have several different Instagram pages. I do have one for the limo specifically. So kind that's of the one we care about. Bit. You know, that's the one we care about. Well, there's two. There, there's two that I follow. I think religiously. You, yeah, you follow. Yeah, you follow. Maybe there's three. You of might them. even follow three of my pages. Okay. But the Panther Limousine is going to be my uh, limousine Instagram handle. Um, that's kind of a plan on where that, that car is a Panther platform from Ford. You know, the Crown Vic, the Grand Marquis, Lincoln Town Car. So that's kind of the play on there uh, with the name there. And then I do have uh, DNA Auto Detailing, uh, my detailing that's business. Right. I had this since 2009, kind of. Rolled around Arizona during that time from 09 to 14 when I was still living out here in college, uh, doing some side gigs, uh, helping some friends out and that kind of thing. So I have that handle as well. And then kind of my normal page, photo underscore dolo. Photo dolo. That's that's me right there. If you want a glimpse into my day-to-day life and what I do, give me a follow. I want to thank Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, and David Antrim for being on the show today. Matt can be found. Obviously, you can go to Drink Bravago, but he's also a moderator on Instagram. He is, he's run, Adam Kroll is right-hand man, and he's been on the show a few times, and I, I'm happy he's on. He won't, he won't do the Super Bowl episode still, but the fact that, you know, a, a guy like that who's had a lot of success in what it is that I try to do every day comes on this show, I will always be appreciative, and of course, I'm going to support him. I support all my friends. I don't know if he considers me a friend, but he considers me in enough regard to have some fun conversation, say hi to me if I see him out, out and about. So after Devin and I wrapped up the episode, we decided to go out to eat. We went to Caldwell County Barbecue. You guys have heard me talk about that. But what was really cool is he drove, and I rode in the limo, this Lincoln limo, this old school Lincoln limo. I think it's pretty cool. There's certain parts about riding in an old-ass car like that where I look over and he has the cassette in there with a little wire coming out of the cassette and some sort of an adapter hooked into his iPhone. And that look, the smell of the interior of that car, the look of the interior of that car, that took me back decades. And then, you know, Devin's down, man. He's, he's a cool one, so he's rocking that 90s hip-hop, man. 
you got Ice Cube playing and Tupac and West Side Connection. And there's some songs that I haven't heard in 30 years. You know the songs that are nested deep in an album that you don't, like when you listen to albums today, you just listen to your favorite songs. Rare is the album with bangers back to back to back. Back then, a song may have three or four bangers on it if it's a good album. But just that smell. And then the speakers are stock. So you don't have the boom. It's, it took me back to my first car, my 1976 Cutlass Supreme, and I hated that car. It had an AM radio on it only. I think I've talked about it before. But that sound, factory old school speakers, there's nothing like it. Coming up next week, I will recap my trip to Wisconsin. I am headed to Wisconsin for the Vintage Car Weekend. I will get to see Mr. John Vassos, hang out with Peter Cunningham, and a few other of my friends. Last time I talked to John, he, uh, if you haven't heard the John Vassos podcast, it's about a year old now. It's one of my most downloaded episodes. And he has cancer, advanced stages, and he was set to expire a long time ago. But he's still with us. But last time I talked to him, the guy couldn't get out more than three or four words at a time without taking a breath. He's down to one lung, has to wear oxygen all the time. So looking forward to seeing him, probably for the last time. And when he's gone, it'll be a huge loss, not only to the car community, but he's such a beautiful person, it'll be a huge loss to the world. Those interviews on today's show were all brought to you by Cell Shop Wireless Services. Also want to thank Wright Honda and Wright Toyota. If you're in the Arizona area, go ahead and, or even California area, Claremont Toyota, uh, David Wilson Automotive Group, they're holding drives right now for shoes. I bought six pairs of shoes on adidas.com, less than $200, bought stuff that was on sale, doesn't matter the size, women, men's, boys, girls, they, thems. Whatever. Think about how important shoes are. When I was a kid, people made fun of me because of the shoes that I wore. I was a Pro Wings kid. My mother always went to Payless Shoe Source, and we bought the shittiest shoes ever. I had shoes, but I was embarrassed to wear them. It's one of the reasons why I bought these kids Adidas. But you don't have to buy Adidas or Nikes. You can go to Walmart and buy Walmart shoes. Anything is better than nothing. One of the things, right Honda and right Toyota, fourwheelonline.com, sell shop wireless services, Patreon business supporter, Kuya Automotive out of Winter Garden, Florida. Pell Construction of County, Michigan, Beak House, Small Home Design, Ashbury, Virginia, Traverse City, Michigan. Is my, I think my my voice is, I think I'm losing my voice. Shaping success with West Tinkersley out of Boise, Idaho. Also want to thank Mark Stoneman, Catherine Cox, Eddie Ramos, Richard Graves, Byron Jones, Bo Jung, Alice Camina, Drew Bunkley, and David Garner. If you're in a position to help the podcast upgrade, you can join the Patreon for as little as $3 a month and get access to bonus audio as well as show swag. Patreon's rolling out a thing pretty soon where I can actually offer free subscriptions in trial, which is what I've wanted to do this whole time. So you guys can see all the content you're missing out on because there's a lot of stuff on there that is not on this show. If you're interested in picking up some Hard Parking Podcast swag, go to hardparkingpod.com, click on the store, email hardparkingpodcast at gmail.com, follow me on Instagram at jfinning, and join the Hard Parking Violations Facebook group. Thank you all of you who have joined that group. Please don't forget to give a favorable review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Believe it or not, those help accelerate the podcast rankings and they mean a lot to me personally. And remember, I can't grow until you tell the world how great this show is. So let's do this. Let's grow this thing together. And I will talk to you all next week. Shut up! <laughs> now it's stripping time. Ain't nobody got time for that.